Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are continuing our study in the book of Judges. We're still in chapter 8, looking at verses 4 through 9 in the New King James Version. Lacking food for his men, Gideon requests supplies from Succoth and then Penuel. Both cities rudely refuses him, and Gideon promises to retaliate once he returns from defeating Midian. But let's listen to God's word. It reads, When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Succoth, Please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zelmunna, kings of Midian. The leaders of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zelmunna now in your hand, that we should give bread to your army? Gideon said, For this cause, when the Lord has delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Then he went up from from there to Penuel and spoke to them in the same way. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered. So he also spoke to the men of Penuel, saying, When I come back in peace, I will tear down this tower. Again, that's Judges chapter 8, verses 4 through 9 in the New King James Version, which looks at the sins of Succoth and Penuel. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, I'm the host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thank you for listening. If you don't mind, go ahead and like and follow 5 Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. You can also hear my podcast almost everywhere podcasts are heard. Again, that was Judges chapter 8, verses 4 through 9 in the New King James Version. And I'm sharing what the commentaries had to say as I read this, and especially about the retaliation. You know, we're in uh, the the dispensation where we don't do the eye for the eye. But during Gideon's time, and as I listened, or as I read what uh, Spurgeon and Matthew Henry had to say, they both were like, he did the right thing, but I'll, we'll come to that It's part of the notes. So let me share it's part of the insights. So let me share what I've written. Gideon is a valiant general, and he is pers- continuing his pursuit of the Midianites. A very gl- great slaughter was made of the enemy, 120,000 men that drew the sword. And remember, they killed each other because of the fright. But anyway... Such a terrible execution did they make among themselves 
And so they became easy prey for the Israelites. But it seems that the two kings of Midian, being better provided than the rest of the men, for, uh, made an escape. With, uh, with 15,000 men gone over to Jordan before the passes could be secured by the, uh, by the tribe of Ephraim. And they made their way towards their own country. So Gideon is pursuing them. Gideon thinks he does not fully execute his commission to save Israel if he lets these two kings escape. Uh, and then it gives a little history about Succoth, which is located in the territory of, of the tribe of Dan. So they're asking uh, both of these, these Succoth and uh, the other city, Penuel, are both part of the tribe of Dan. So they were Israelites. And of course, when um, Gideon asked for their support, you would think that as a brother, they would help him. But let me continue reading. Gideon's army is weary and is not very well provisioned, carrying only what they needed for their surprise evening attack. And remember, that was just a trumpet and a jug with a light in it. So that's all they had. Uh, we can imagine how tired they were. They fought hard and pursued the enemy over a long distance. These men were faint. You know what it is uh, for a soldier to be faint? It is no nonsense, no pretense. It's real fainting. And that was what Spurgeon said. They were faint, and yet they were pursuing. Much fatigued with what they had done, and yet eager to do more against the enemies of their country. Gideon apparently assumed he would be able to receive supplies from fellow Israelites, but he was wrong. Succoth refuses to, get, to choose sides until Gideon and his band had completely uh, defeated the Midianites. And um, not just Succoth, but also Penuel. They both made the same, um, say, they both said, okay, if you don't have the, the, these kings' heads in your hands, why are you asking for my assistance? So they were basically saying, when you've won the battle, then you come and get some support from us. So they, they, did not, they refused to choose sides until Gideon and his band, his army, of 300 had completely defeated the Midianites. At this point, the Midianite kings, king, uh, kings uh, Ziba and Zalmana, are still a threat. And to just think, your own people won't help you fight them. The response of the officials of Succoth and of Penuel demonstrated a lack of tribal unity and patriotism among the Israelites. Some sort of ruling city council probably made this decision since uh, it says later Gideon is going to take, take, take names so he can handle what he needs to handle. Instead of uh, help, the people of both of those cities made excuses. They didn't want to support Israel in the fight against Midian until the battle was won. And he just promised that he would trample, the, trample their flesh and he would tear down their tower. So with or without the help of the people of Succoth and Penuel, Gideon knew he would win the battle. So he vowed that once he won it, he would seek his revenge. And both Matthew Henry and um, 
Charles Spurgeon said he was right within his, he was, he, you know, he was right to do so. Of course, our genteel minds don't think like that, but that's what they said. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we glean more insights from your scripture. One insight is as Gideon continued in his pursuit, even though he was tired, even though his men were tired. And Father, many Christians are fainting and yet pursuing. Thank you for that power, that uh, inner strength, that um, Holy Ghost power that keeps us invigorated even when we're tired, keeps us pursuing even when we can't see where there's going to be victory at the end, just trusting you that there is victory. And Father, even as we look at uh, the young ladies and men in the Ukraine right now, not just young, because the young and old are fighting to save their cities. And Father, we know that they are tired. They are weary, but they are still pursuing. They are still uh, fighting to, to, um, to regain their home. And we, you know, God was just continuing to pray for them, praying their strength in the Lord. And Father, we thank you that uh, when we set out to do your work, that you give us uh, re- the, um, what we need to face the resistance that comes even from our friends. We thank you for that. Thank you for again for your Holy Spirit just invigorating us and keeping us focused. Father, we're praying as usual for those who need you in a special way. The needs, as I've always been saying, are many. There's no way I can articulate them. I can't name them one by one, but I can thank you for how good you are. And God, we do, as always, in our prayer, in a word of thanks, thanking you for uh, for providing for your Holy Spirit, for your Son who died for our sins, for your angel, angel protection. And we bless your holy name. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed. Thank you.